Welcome to Prodigals Online, an online first approach to planting and building a cross-denominational community of Christians in Central Kentucky. My name is Brad, and I want us all to live with faith on fire. If Jesus and his resurrection are real, then let's live like it by putting faith first in our lives. Hopefully, we can encourage each other one step closer to personal love for Christ today. These messages only last about five minutes, so you can quickly renew your mind. And they happen multiple times each week to keep you going strong. Each message keeps it simple by answering a central question. Let's get started. Does God have favorite countries? Ask any parent their favorite child, and they'll likely dodge the question. Sure, each kid is different, but to rank them feels improper. Now, there are certain activities I would rather do with one of my kids over the others, but there is enough variety that each of them has a unique and special place in my heart. As God, our Father, looks upon our world, we must wonder if He feels the same about us. In the United States, it's popular to suggest that both Israel and the U.S. are especially anointed. Such beliefs heavily influence conservative political agendas, and the recent rise of anti-Semitism is entrenching those values in response. Surely, all the telltale signs point to God's providence over these two countries. Right? Yahweh uniquely chose Israel. See Malachi 1-2. Israel's stunning victory during the Six-Day War was providential. Perhaps America's manifest destiny sets us apart too. The United States is the most prosperous country to have ever existed, and both countries are in the top 15 for GDP per capita. Both are undoubtedly blessed. Yet, are these the best metrics by which we should measure God's favor? There is a theology in Christianity called Calvinism. One of the Calvinist's core beliefs is that salvation comes through God's holy providence alone, meaning that each person is destined to either accept or reject Jesus before they are ever born. God singularly picks who is saved and who is not. This doctrine is known as predestination, and you can read more about it in Ephesians 1 and Romans 8.29. Many evangelical denominations subscribe to this notion, especially Presbyterians and Southern Baptists. Setting aside the centuries of controversy around this doctrine, suppose we adopt it for the sake of the conversation. In that case, the nations most blessed by God would not necessarily be those with the greatest worldly riches, but would have the largest population of elected believers, right? Think about it. The countries with the most citizens who are called and protected, Joshua 1, who know the shepherd's voice, John 10, 27, and who can ask anything of God, John 14, 13, would be exceptionally blessed, right? Under these auspices, Israel and the United States don't look so great. Only 2% of Israel's population is Christian, compared to 74% Jewish and 18% Muslim. While Israel was chosen to bring about the Savior, they have not welcomed him. As the Apostle John says, no one who denies the Son has the Father. 1 John 2.23 The United States is approaching a similar end, though it is much farther runway. 
According to the Pew Research Center, the U.S. population professing Christianity has dropped 30% over the last 50 years. Pew and Gallup confirm U.S. adults are flocking to a non-affiliation of spiritual beliefs, now representing about a third of the country. Under the Calvinist doctrine, these trends suggest that God is removing his blessing from these countries at an accelerated rate. I'm not going to declare either the U.S. or Israel as damned or saved. My suggestion is that using worldly gain to measure God's favor is insufficient. While both countries have the right to chase prosperity, their success does not equate to God's blessing. The Apostle John reminds us, If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2.15 So we cannot use worldly prosperity to assume the Father's joy. I'll even go one step further and suggest that God doesn't favor any country more than another. Instead, he favors the faithful, not flags. Instead of thinking of worldly measures, let's look at the question in biblical terms. In his covenant with Abraham, God declares Abraham will be the father of many nations. In Genesis 17.4, God foretells that he will welcome those outside of Israel into salvation. Hosea 2.23, John's revelation included a great multitude of the elect from every nation. Revelation 7.9, Paul declares that the blessings of God belong to those of Abraham's faith, not just his nation. Romans 4.16, Jesus first revealed himself as a savior to an estranged Samaritan who were the despised cultural antagonists of Judea in John 4. He praises the faith of a Roman colonizer in Luke 7. Paul was chosen by Jesus not to evangelize to his fellow Israelites, but to the innumerable Gentiles in Acts 5.19. God does not care about our nationality. Because many are saved across country lines. Indeed, our great commission is to go out to the ends of the earth. Matthew 28, 19. He does not care about our bloodlines because he could create descendants of Abraham from the rocks if he desired. Luke 3, 8. The nations mean nothing to God because they only plot in vain to usurp God's authority with their own. Psalm 2, 1. So what do we do with this realization? How does it change our politics? How does it affect our hearts toward our political or national enemies? Perhaps we should stop taking God's providence and protection for granted. We are not to hold up a flag to elicit God's favor, but we are to hold up God's son, John. 314. If I can return to Calvinism for just a moment, we don't have the bandwidth here to assess the scripture around it, but I will mention there exists an alternate doctrine known as Arminianism. To roughly summarize, Arminians still acknowledge that faith alone provides salvation, but every person has the free will to accept Jesus or not. So I ask you, which do you choose? your country, or your God? Where do you put your faith? The flag or the cross? Choose Jesus. Radically love those with different political or national interests because Jesus first radically loved you. As Isaiah prophesied, 
all mankind will see God's salvation. Isaiah 40 verse 5. That includes you and your enemy. What's my choice? I pledge allegiance to the cross. Hey, thank you for tuning in to the message. If you want to join the Substack community, you can find the link on our website, www.prodigals.online. There, you can also find our guiding beliefs, donation links, and digital worship set lists. The messages are available via email newsletters, audio podcasts on all the major apps, and video accompanying the Substack post. Please subscribe, rate, and most of all, share. Share it with someone who needs to know Christians live, work, and play beyond the walls of the church. I pray that building a community of deep-seated, loving, and authentic Christians encourages you. Until next time, take care, and God bless.